Hello and welcome to the Accidental Tomatoes Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Webb, and this is a podcast for all of us who are looking for faith beyond the fences. I'm glad you're listening today. Today we have a special treat for all of you podcast listeners as we enter into episode three of the podcast. We have our first guest host. Oh boy. Yes, yes indeed. And our guest host I had to go to great lengths to score (laughs) this celebrity host. Um, You might know her from Remember That Time and Historical Podcast. (laughs) Her name is Amanda Webb. Hello, Amanda. Hello. Welcome to the Accidental Tomatoes Podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad you could sit down and be part of this conversation today. Yes, I'm a little sick. I apologize for my voice. (laughs) It's it's fine. You have no idea the number of booking agents... (laughs) And contracts and lawyers that we had to go through for me to get my own daughter to be the guest host on. Only I was a big enough deal for that. (laughs) You are kind of a big deal. Yeah. So, um, so welcome to the podcast, Amanda. I'm glad. Thanks. uh, Yeah, glad you could join us today. So today we're going to do something a little bit different besides just the fact um, that we have a guest host here today. Um, We're gonna. I want to do something. Um, as opposed to maybe sort of the the regular format. I don't know. I don't know how much of a regular format you yeah, can have. Yeah, it's only really in, episode three. Yeah, in two episodes. <laughs> have you even established a regular format? <laughs> but um, but I wanted to try try this thing where where I'm going to read a story um from a book and then have a little response to that and and rather than have kind of a, a script or an outline, just really organically see where this thing goes. Yeah. Are you down? Yep. All right. I'm here. I'm ready. So this story, um, this is actually a story that has roots in the Eastern Orthodox tradition. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a story, this, it's a story about incarnation. And I've kind of wanted to talk about this story because we're getting ready for Advent, right? By the time uh, you all are listening to this podcast, um, if, well, if you listen to it on release day, it will not be Advent quite yet. But if you are <laughs> listening to it anytime after Sunday, December the 1st, it will be Advent. <laughs> so this is an Advent kind of story. It's an incarnation kind of story. And the version of it that I want to read is from a book by Brian McLaren called A Generous Orthodoxy. Um, and I think I mentioned McLaren in one of the earlier episodes of the podcast, one of the earlier two episodes, <laughs> episodes. <laughs> of the podcast. Um, as someone who was really helpful for me as an author, not me as an author, McLaren's authoring was helpful <laughs> for me um, working through my my process of um, spiritual deconstruction and reconstruction. So there's this story that comes from um, the Eastern Orthodox Church, and this is uh, kind of McLaren's Uh, interpretation or or telling of that story. Once upon a time, there was a good and kind king who had a great kingdom with many cities. In one distant city, some people took advantage of the freedom the king gave them and started doing evil. They profited by their evil and began to fear that the king would interfere and throw them in jail. Eventually, these rebels seethed with hatred for the king. They convinced the city that everyone would be better off without the king, and the city declared its independence from the kingdom. But soon, with everyone doing whatever they wanted, disorder reigned in the city. 
There was violence, hatred, lying, oppression, murder, rape, slavery, and fear. The king thought, what should I do? If I take my army and conquer the city by force, the people will fight against me, and I'll have to kill so many of them, and the rest will only submit through fear or intimidation, which will make them hate me and all that I stand for even more. How does that help them? To be either dead or imprisoned or secretly seething with rage. But if I leave them alone, they'll destroy each other, and it breaks my heart to think of the pain they're causing and experiencing. So the king did something very surprising. He took off his robes and dressed in the rags of a homeless wanderer. Incognito, he entered the city and began living in a vacant lot near a garbage dump. He took up a trade, fixing broken pottery and furniture. Whenever people came to him, his kindness and goodness and fairness and respect were so striking that they would linger just to be in his presence. They would tell him their fears and questions and ask his advice. He told them that the rebels had fooled them and that the true king had a better way to live, which he exemplified and taught. One by one, then two by two, and then by the hundreds, people began to have confidence in him and live in his way. Their influence spread to others, and the movement grew and grew until the whole city regretted its rebellion and wanted to return to the kingdom again. But, ashamed of their horrible mistake, they were afraid to approach the king, believing he would certainly destroy them for their rebellion. But the king in disguise told them the good news. He was himself the king, and he loved them. He held nothing against them, and he welcomed them back into his kingdom, having accomplished by a gentle, subtle presence what could never have been accomplished through brute force. The end. The end. <laughs> Thus ends story time with Joe and Amanda. <laughs> so Amanda, what do you hear in that story? How? What's your kind of initial response to hearing that story? I like that it sort of subverts a normal narrative. The idea that the king has decided, like, I will go out among my people because he very obviously sees that fighting them would be dangerous and letting them continue continue on would be dangerous. Like, most stories go one of those two routes, and I enjoy the, like, sort of third option. Ooh, you know what I mean? that's interesting. Yeah. The third option. <laughs> yeah. So how do you... Um... So when you take that story in its context as a story that's told by a faith tradition, right. but specifically by a Christian faith tradition, yeah. like how how does that make you hear the story, right? Because you know that context going in. Right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Well, because it creates the king as a sort of Jesus or God figure, saying right, right. like, you know, I I I I like it because. That Jesus or God figure is saying, I refuse to perform war and I refuse to let you hurt yourself. I enjoy that narrative. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He says instead, I will come and be among you and help you learn and grow. Right, right. So, so it's a, like on at least like a surface level, yeah. it's a pretty clear allegory yeah. of kind of the biblical yeah. narrative, right? Yeah. So, you know, God... God exists, God creates, God is the king. Um, and then, you know, we could, we could interpret the story to say that the, the, the rebellious kingdom is either all of humanity, um, or you could even specifically say, like, within a biblical context that it's Israel, Israel right? Israel, yeah. 
Uh, and, and so you can then see, like, either way you take that story, whether it's kind of humanity in general or Israel specifically, right. then the Jesus character is the one who sort of intervenes. Um, and, then, and there's that incarnational aspect, right? We've talked yeah. about that at the, the aspect that... Um, that the Christian belief is that um, that Jesus somehow mysteriously is both fully div- divine and fully right, human, right, right? right? And so that in Jesus, um, God is incarnated or enfleshed, mm-hmm. right, in into humanity. Right. right. So the king kind of plays that yeah. role. Well, and the king also does the same thing that Jesus does in the Bible, which is subverts their expectations for what the king should be. Like he says, I will come among you. And they all expect him to be angry for rebelling or to be a person who will go and like do war and be angry, but he is neither, you know? Right. Right. So that that's like some historical kind of critique. Yeah, of the yeah, story, yeah. Right. Right. Um, so that's, that's kind of a real, like I said, it's kind of an on the surface way of looking at yeah. it. Do you hear anything in there? Um, that that maybe takes it takes a step beyond that or a step deeper than just sort of that surface narrative of God is the king and right. the king comes you know in person mm-hmm. as Jesus and Jesus finds that third route you mm-hmm. know that that other way which interestingly like is not a compromise Mm-mm. between one kind of violence and another it's kind of violence di- but it's, it's different something entirely yeah yeah. yeah 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 so there's there's that kind of level but. So I guess, I mean, maybe what I'm asking is, like, taking it out of sort of the the historical theological uh-huh. context, um, maybe if you didn't come in, and this is kind of hard to imagine because right. we both come into it with um, a Christian background, but how might you hear that mm-hmm. if you're hearing that story for the first time and you don't have that Christian context? Mm. I don't know. I think it speaks to like saying like we need to look into that third option of interacting with the world like as people like we should try and find that kindness and grace for others in ourselves yeah. and ways to interact with the world in that way yeah i wonder too if it doesn't like i i think there's a level that it really speaks into our current definitely context yes. now right that we have that we live in a world, and this is, by the way, our current situation in the world is really not as new as we might often want <laughs> no, to believe. No, not it at is, all. Right? <laughs> History is full of the things that we're living through. We're just living through them in in our own times, in and a in different our own, context. Yeah, and in our yep. own ways, right? But there is like it's easy for us to paint in kind of a way not just um, historical humanity in that mm-hmm. you know rebellious violent kind of way yeah. but like our current oh yeah state of humanity like we are still people who like we we don't know how to accept grace no right? i think the king's like first two options of either being really angry and going all out and going to war with other people or being passive and letting people destroy themselves are like the two options that people try and take or think those are like the ways that we those are the things we have to do to like win the battle right but like we need to figure out how to live in that third way and like figure out how to be graceful to other people and like be in relationship with them to to put the world back on course i guess yeah 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 because historically like our 
we have always, always, always decided that the best way to end violence was, was with more violence. Exactly, right? Which is nonsensical. It, it is. It's completely nonsensical, nonsensical, and it's completely, like, for those of us who declare ourselves to be Christians or followers of Jesus or however we want to, like, phrase that, right. you know, however we want to identify ourselves, we still fall into that same trap. Totally. You know, like, Jesus clearly brings an agenda of nonviolence. Uh-huh. Of, of the third way, yeah. right? And yet we can't seem to do that. No. We, and we will even do it in the name of oh, yeah. our, our faith or yeah. our belief system. Cough, cough, the cough. Spanish yeah. Inquisition. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I do a podcast about history. Can you tell? <laughs> At Accidental Tomatoes, We're building a community of people looking for ways to find faith and spirituality beyond the walls and fences of the traditional church. While our blog and our podcast are always absolutely free, if you'd like to go deeper with more resources and conversations, we invite you to support us through the Patreon platform. For as little as $2 a month, you can receive bonus content, including a monthly newsletter, patrons-only commentary, and much, much more. Just go to patreon.com slash accidentaltomatoes to learn how. And now back to the podcast. Yeah, so we keep and and then even even within even within our own faith communities, like oh, yeah. even within like different denominations or tribes mm-hmm. or expressions of Christianity, like we still have this tendency to go to battle with yeah. each other. It may not be well, it has clearly been at times, you know, physical violence, yep. but there are other kinds of violence, right? Oh, There's yeah. emotional violence and spiritual violence that we do mm-hmm. to each other all the time. The reason every single denomination came about is because some harm was done to someone and they went and built their own little tribe because they felt like they could rectify that harm and then they go and do harm to somebody else and then something else develops out of that. It's an endless right. cycle. Yes, but they interpret the Bible correctly. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Every yeah. single one of them has learned, right? So that kind of reminds me of um, this this place that you and I found ourselves last week, where um, I came to your college, oh, yeah. and um, and we were having this conversation around questions and doubts mm-hmm. uh, about matters of faith, specifically Christianity. I don't, we got a little bit into other religions, but not, but not much. very much. Yeah. Um, but really it was what a lot of it boiled down to was how do you interpret the Bible? Right? Yeah. A lot of it. Yeah. A lot of it. Yeah. And, and like within that conversation, because of the way the the way that it was set up, uh-huh. right. Um, you kind of had two really different viewpoints. Yeah. Um, you, you had me as a more progressive, um, theologian, I guess. Yeah. And then um, another pastor from another denomination that comes at it from a much more traditionalist yeah. um, uh, kind of fundamental. And I don't like I don't use these terms derisively. They're just labels. That's right? just sort of the best description. Yeah, 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 yeah. And 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 we're bad about that sometimes. Like we use these as terms of derision. Yeah. When it really is just it's just a descriptor. Just a right? descriptor. Yeah. It, this person and their tradition have a more kind of. Um, fundamental way of yeah. view like they're they're very literal very and, literal yeah, yeah right and and i kept finding myself in the middle of that conversation when i would disagree with something that he said like you know trying to suppress my own anger yeah <laughs> you know oh, and it, yeah. like well, he wasn't doing me any harm listening i was doing the same thing like trying to not 
jump, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and what I found myself doing a lot of times was, because of the context where we were, you know, with a lot of college students, like sometimes the only response I could think of would have caused an argument yeah. or a confrontation to begin, which would have been completely unhelpful, yeah. right? So, so several times I caught myself biting my tongue. To be fair, the other person probably, he probably Did found himself thing. doing the same thing when I was answering questions yeah. too, right? Um, so it wasn't acrimonious in any sense. But we were so entrenched in our um, how our beliefs form our identities. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So... I don't know, what, how, how does that relate to this whole, to this story and kind of this bigger picture that we're starting to walk into in the conversation for you? Hmm. I think if we describe ourselves as like followers of Jesus, if we're coming at it from like a Christian perspective or whatever, that we need to be able to find that identity in that sort of third way, like find that peaceful identity and try and figure out the best way to talk to others and interact with them when they are doing harm in a way that won't alienate them, but in a way that empowers the people who need to be empowered, you know? Yeah, yeah, I think so. So, so I'm kind of thinking, and I'm, I'm really kind of thinking out loud, so we'll see, we'll see where this goes. Because <laughs> um, this is what you and I do when we're in a room and there's not a microphone <laughs> in between us. Um. So I wonder what that what does that third way look like when within the Christian faith? Yeah. When we have these like sometimes very legitimate differences. Uh-huh. You know, I, I think I said in that conversation, like even even though I tend to take a more figurative view of a lot of scripture, which is not to say that none of it should be taken literally, but but because there are different genres of writing and because um I don't think it was ever intended to be like an accurate historical factual you know, right, right, account right. of things. There's still truth in those stories, even though there might not be fact. Yeah. But even though I tend to see it that way, um, I understand that some people need a different kind of structure. Yeah. Right? They need a structure where there's space to take those stories a little more literally. Right? Some people don't have brains that process stories the way that like ours do. For right. Example. Which is, again, it's not a statement of like, we're no. better there. No. We're, it's just an observation just the way your of brain works. how people's brains work. Yeah. 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 Right. And so, you know, some people need that. Like they need it to be a little more literal. Literal. Yeah. I mean, structured. Um, yeah. So, you know, because, but yeah, like you said, that's kind of what their, the way their brains work. That's yeah, what totally. They need. Right? So, I think, I think it's fine if we can have some, the grace for one another to say, listen, you know, I see it this way because this is sort of how I'm wired. Yeah. And you see it this way kind of because of how you're wired. Um, and, but I, and I think sometimes where, where the conflict comes in is where, um, either of us from from either side of that, and it's really kind of an over, oversimplification to even say it's yeah. two sided. It's oh, really yeah. probably more of a spiral a million. Yeah. continuum kind of thing. Yeah, we'll do spiral dynamics on the next podcast. <laughs> uh, but when we believe from from whichever direction we're coming at that, that the others are doing some harm. Yeah, people, right. That's where I think we tend to get 
a little more defensive. I don't get so defensive when someone just interprets things differently than me. Like no, that's, that's That doesn't fine. bother me. But when I perceive that your interpretation is doing harm to someone yes, else. exactly. Yeah. Right. That's where I start to say, wait a minute, like. It's, it's one thing to believe that Jonah was literally swallowed by a whale. It's another thing to believe that like women should literally submit to their husband. You know what I mean? Like yeah. those, those have incredibly different implications for how we behave in the world. And if, and one can do some harm and the other really does it, you know, like, yeah. yeah. And that matters. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Cause that, that was one of the, um, one of the conversations we got into like really specifically was, you know, the question of women yeah. in ministry, you know, and I come from, you and I both come from a faith tradition that, you know, fully endorses, uh-huh. um, both men and women, um, to not only be called into ministry to be, but to be ordained into ministry, you know, I serve under the authority of a female superintendent and a female bishop, yep. both of whom are some of the most brilliant human beings yes. I've ever known. And I could not um, imagine the world without them being in ministry. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, yes. What a good point. Like, I can't imagine the world without them being in ministry. So what if we lived, you know, what if we all subscribe to that theory that says, well, women may be called, right, but... But the Bible says they can't, they can't hold serve. that yeah. office, right? Yeah. That you know that so yeah. like that doesn't that doesn't make any sense to me. Why would God no. call someone to a position that the church mm-hmm. said you know says the Bible says they can't? Yeah, serve and not only is that doing harm to those women individually, that is doing harm to the world because the world is worse off without those women yeah. doing the work that they're doing, and that's true for lots and lots and lots of people and the the harmful ways that some folks interpret the Bible do, prevent the world from being better from their perspective. Yeah, you know? good point. Yeah, well done. We've spiraled a little bit. No, that's okay. That's what we do. That, that's today's format is Joe and Amanda spiraling out of control. Only a little. With a microphone in between us yeah. to see where that leads. Yeah, so that's where, like, that's where I kind of take some some difference with that, right? Yeah. So, like, I understand I understand where that particular interpretation yep. comes from, um, but I think to hold to that mm-hmm. just reflects a certain amount of patriarchy at least yep. and misogyny at worst right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you know that there's a there there is a sense of male fragility yep. maybe for lack of a better term that is behind the continued perpetuation of that interpretation mm-hmm. as a way of ordering the life of a particular church now yeah. what I the one thing that I did say in response to that that I hope was helpful mm-hmm. um, was that yeah we so we have these different theologies. We have different perspectives on that. I, I see harm in that other yep. theology. I'm not, maybe the other person sees harm in my theology, I, but I can't, I have trouble imagining what yep. that could be. Yeah. Um, Besides harm to the, the male Themselves, right? Yeah, 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 exactly, right? Yeah. So I think my response to that was, well, if you are, you know, a woman and you find yourself in a faith tradition that says, that you may be called, but you can't serve in that office. Mm-hmm. That's probably not the faith tradition mm-hmm. for you, right? So it it still allows, you know, it still allows some generosity. Yeah. In you know allowing different you know denominations or tribes or traditions, whatever you want to call them, 
to do what they're going to do and to be what they're going to be within their own Mm -hmm. context. Um, But also to allow, you know, human beings with free will the space to say, yeah, then if that's the way you are, that's that's okay, that's you, but I don't fit there, right? So it's not really imposing one another's um, views on on the other. It's just saying, you know, if you have a problem with that theology, then you don't belong in that theological space. And I think that thought kind of brings us back to where we started to spiral, (laughs) which was, um, you know, how do we interact with people who have those different views from us who we view as doing some harm to the world, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, how do we... Um, and, and I think this maybe draws us even back to the original story yeah, that we totally. talked about a little bit, right? How do we embody the third way? How do we, how how do we um, appropriately call out what we perceive mm-hmm. to be injustice without becoming unjust ourselves? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, I think that does take us back to the story, oh, right? Totally. So that's that's the king's conundrum. Mm-hmm. How can I, how can I? Um, defeat this rebellion Mm -hmm. without becoming myself rebellious Mm -hmm. against not only against my people but against my identity and my own morals yeah yeah. and who i am right yeah yeah and so that kind of brings us back to the whole like christology of the story you know how and, and like i think we can get really and some traditions get really hung up on God created the world, the world or humanity. Let's just let's just narrow it down. God created human beings. Human beings messed up. God had to fix the problem. Jesus was the solution to the problem. Uh-huh. Right. That's a that's a theological storyline uh-huh. that a lot of um, more conservative faith traditions tell themselves. And when right. I say conservative, that doesn't mean anything political. No, There's no. a difference between political and and theological conservatism yeah, yeah, yeah. and liberalism. Right. So Jesus is basically the solution to a problem, yeah. right? I think this story shows us that the solution was already in place all yeah, along, yeah. right? And maybe the problem is less about the rebellion and more about, like, what does that third way really look like? When it's when it's embodied, right? Mm-hmm. When it's lived out, yeah. Does that well, make we, sense? Because we sort of started talking about incarnation, right? And like how the story is like, oh yeah, Jesus is the incarnate; he's the king. He goes in, but like that's how we should be living. Like we should be trying to be Jesus on earth, right? Yeah. So like we should try to be that incarnation. We should try to live that third way, and that means we should try to interact with and remedy these arguments that we have in a way that embodies that like loving conversation and in a way that doesn't try to divide people. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah, the problem is not the rebellion. The problem is the disembodiment, right? So we have become, yeah. So if you, even if you take it into the Genesis narrative, the Genesis three narrative, which is where a lot of, faith traditions start the story, like Mm -hmm. with the fall, with the problem, instead of starting in Genesis 1 with the original blessing. And the, yeah, the loving creation. The loving creation, right? The embodiment, right? There were, there was, there was embodiment Uh um, in the creation. And then, you know, what, what a lot of people would call rebellion may be simply just disembodiment. We became separated. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so Jesus, not as a solution to a legal problem, which mm-hmm. is the way we often present yeah. it, is really more the solution to the problem of disembodiment. And separation. Yeah. Trying to bring us closer 
to that original plan for the world. Yeah. Yeah. Which which not only then like it doesn't despiritualize Christianity, which is what a lot of people would say that that, that does, kind of embodiment yeah. um, conversation does. It actually heightens oh, yeah. the spirituality because it embodies the spirituality. So yeah. so it's not um, it's not spirit on one side of the equation and flesh or material on yeah. the material world on the other side. It's that all of that is one that spirit embodies. Yeah you know, the material, right? And, yeah. And our problem, if we have a problem, is that we've we've separated those two things, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So, um so I think that's I think that's kind of where the power of story comes oh, in, yeah. right? So um so you know, I mean we've got we've got the biblical narrative and that's one kind of story. Mm-hmm. Um and I think, you know, part of what makes that difficult is that the way we interpret it, right? That and, and, and the way that we often don't admit that we're interpreting. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Um, but we're always interpreting. Um, uh, Jared Bias on the Bible for Normal People podcast always says, um, all theology has an adjective, right? Right. We, we all are bringing something to it from whatever our perspectives are. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, so stories like this one, though, the one that McLaren tells out of the Eastern Orthodox tradition, sort of help us contextualize yeah. that that bigger narrative. Yeah. And, um, I think they help us make connections too, like to that, to that narrative, help yeah. us place ourselves in those shoes, you know? Yes. Yeah. Help us place ourselves in those. That's a really good way of saying it. So, because, you know, as 21st century Americans, we don't really have any context for what it's like to live under a King no. other than through stories, yes. through literature and film and art and things like mm-hmm. that. Right. That's the only sense we have of it. So this, particular story like while none of us well I shouldn't say none of us there are people in the uh, world in yeah. the world um, who live in in monarchy mm-hmm. systems um but it gives us a connection point to say okay like th- what what do we understand about kings right mm-hmm. kings uh, have authority mm-hmm. kings are rulers um and this story particularly tells us that it's a good King, a kind king, a benevolent and not king. a corrupt king. Right. Yeah. yeah a king with, with that genuinely has um, good intentions. Yes, good yeah. intentions. The best interest of the people yeah. at heart, right? Um, so we can connect through that story. Mm-hmm. And 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 I think what that story, you know, to kind of wrap it all up brings us to is um, is this notion of, of incarnation, of yeah. embodiment, like that we're being drawn into. Yeah. So, so I kind of just, as we kind of wrap this up, because the Accidental Tomatoes podcast is uh, about how do we find faith beyond the fences, mm-hmm. right? So how do we, you know, a lot of us um, that are part of this community are people who have got a lot of trouble with this whole idea of biblical interpretation and where it's led and what the church in many cases has done with it. Mm-hmm. So how do, how, do you, how do we hear this story as people who are trying to live out faith beyond the fences, like outside of the institution. Mm. I think that going out and being among is sort of a part of that. Ooh, you know, yeah. that living beyond the walls of the church, living beyond the walls of the kingdom, you know, going yeah. out and putting yourself in places where people have been harmed and helping to remedy that harm. Yes, and not just as a recruiting mechanism, which no. we, you know, yeah. the church has so often said, you know, we're going to do mission and outreach, but really the purpose of that 
is frankly a little more than colonialism. Yeah. Right? Oh, Whatever, yeah. Con- whether that's in international contexts or, you know, in yeah. within our own neighborhoods. Yeah. Like we want to, we want to colonize that yeah. space. We want to use that, you know, we want to use it to build up our numbers and whatever, uh-huh. rather than for the, the more pure motives, like the king in the story of just like... Making sure the people are well. Making sure the people are well, exactly. Yeah. Like that was the king's... The king wasn't trying to recruit no. people back into the kingdom. No. Even though they made that choice. He was meeting people where they were and showing them loving kindness. Yeah. 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 That really tied together really nicely, didn't it? Oh, gee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's um, that's probably enough for today's podcast. Yeah. So, yeah. So thanks, thanks for listening. Um, you can find Accidental Tomatoes online at accidentaltomatoes.com and across the social media world at at Accidental Tomatoes. That at at is always an awkward <laughs> thing to say. At Accidental Tomatoes. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow our pages for up-to-the-minute updates of what's going on in our community. Uh, you can find me, Joe Webb, uh, at my website, joewebrights.com, and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, again, at, at joewebrights. <laughs> and how about you, Amanda? Where can people find you and the lovely work you and your sister are doing? Well, uh, I'm... I'm at ACW Nerdfighter anywhere on the internet. Um, and uh, our podcast is Remember That Time, an historical podcast. I do it with uh, my sister, and we talk about our favorite moments in history, and it's a very good time. And you can find us at, at RTT Pod on Twitter. And also just search us on Facebook. We're there too. <laughs> All over the world of the interwebs. Yes. Well, if you have uh, ideas or suggestions for future podcast topics, we would love to hear from you. Um, you can contact me personally uh, on Facebook or Twitter or email us at accidentaltomatoes at gmail.com. If you enjoy this podcast, uh, please be sure to rate us and review us on iTunes or Google Play or wherever you listen to your podcast. That will help other people find us and connect with our community and participate in the conversation. So keep on growing outside the fences and join us next time for the Accidental Tomatoes podcast.